This week on Honey, You Should Watch This, we watched Dirty Work, starring Norm MacDonald. And uh, I got to say, the experience is a lot like, you know, punching in the keys on the jukebox and expecting to hear Street Fighting Man, and you get the Pina Colada song instead. Some people like the Pina Colada song. everybody welcome to uh, day 384 of quarantine <laughs> this month feels like it has 80 months in it <laughs> <laughs> um we're back with another wonderful episode for those of you who listen to us thank Hello. you for those of you that do i'm greg if you don't know who i am that's my lovely wife susan sitting over there hello again she bought me easter candy i did yeah It'll be gone pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to steal one pretty quick, right? I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So this week we uh, we did dirty dirty work, dirty and um, work. there's probably a popular. Uh, you you probably feel like you got supered again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I will say this film is not at all what I expected. Yeah, and then I, they didn't play the Steely Dan song, so you know it's. Like well, they're not going to play the Steely Dan work so, uh, song because they didn't have enough money to pay Steely Dan to play the song. <laughs> probably, um, but they got the Pina Colada song. Yeah, I, we'll get we'll get into the, the movie itself more as we as we talk and stuff here. Uh, I don't want to give too much away at the beginning. I you know got to have some some information at the end for you guys to to listen to. Um. So uh, you have a question for me, unless you have corrections departments. Um, I don't have any corrections departments, but I did read a very interesting uh, Screen Rant article this morning um, where David Ayer, um, you know, because they they keep harping on this whole thing about how Kathy Chan's um, Birds of Prey didn't do as well as they thought it was going to, even though it was a fantastic movie and a lot of people were just harping on the box office of it all yeah um and there were so many things going on and there's still so many things going on but david Ayer um took the opportunity to kind of come out and say that again because the way that suicide squad um there was such interference by the studio that the story he really wanted to tell about harley quinn in suicide squad got completely edited down yeah um, so I, you know, I just thought that was interesting. Interesting if you guys want to look it up. Well, you know, I, I we saw Harley Quinn in the theater and we really enjoyed it. And we've got several friends who saw it and they really enjoyed it. And I think that the people that wanted to see that movie that liked that movie enjoyed it. And there's only the uh, what you have left is the people who don't like superhero movies, and you have the people that have really literally been just shut down by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Because with the exception of um, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And the Batmans, you know, obviously, there's no Warner Brothers movie out there that people are like, ah, unless you really are into the genre. Man of Steel, maybe, but even it didn't get good reviews from the critics. Yeah, I mean, 
I think that was probably one of the better ones. Um, Man of Steel? Man of Steel. I liked Man of Steel. I mean, I like Wonder Woman, but it, there's something about it that I just... One, one, it di- didn't hit... Eh, Wonder it, Woman th- was really good, but the CGI and the fight with Ares at the end... Uh, yeah, and Ares was it. just a shitty villain. It was just like... And not like, ooh, he was evil, and, but you know what I mean? He was just... It was weak. Well, Ares yeah. is a great villain, yeah. but they didn't use him properly. I mean, it's yeah. it would be like... I mean, it's like you know Joker and Suicide Squad. You, they didn't use him properly, and that's what happened to Suicide Squad. Joker never should have been in that movie. Well, they, what he wanted to do, what David Ayer wanted to do, is he wanted to to make that part of her emancipation, right? Is throughout her character arc in Suicide Squad, she finally decides to break away from the Joker, and that's not what they did at all. True. Um, the other fun thing that I want to talk about is um, the trained Bazan. Um, Train to Busan 2 Peninsula. Peninsula. Yeah. 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 That looks like it's going to be significantly different than Train to Busan. Yeah. I'm a little hesitant. I I think it's still going to be good. I think with everything that Train to Busan had going for it, you are now kind of removed from it because the element of them being stuck on the train and having to move from the back of the train to the front of the train fighting, you know, the infected... Um, was such a great take on it, mm-hmm. um, and they they handled it so creatively and cleverly. This is now, you know, pr- trained to Busan Escape from New York. It looks like that's what exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It looks like it's a cross between Escape from New York and uh, Train to Busan. It's Escape from New York with zombies. So yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I mean, the special effects look pretty pretty tight. So you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, Train to Busan, yay. Okay. Maybe maybe we'll see it in uh, 27 months when the quarantine's lifted. <laughs> Even if, if it comes over to the States, who knows? All right. Uh, so my question uh, is the standard question that we ask each other every week is, why did you choose this movie for me to watch? Because I like this movie. Okay. I know that this movie could be better, mm-hmm. but like you, I really like Norm MacDonald. I love Norm MacDonald. And that's why I, ha- I had you watch it. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that you didn't watch it because you heard it was a pile of garbage. And it kind of was. But there are things about it that are... I mean, it's not like you watch this movie and halfway through it, you're like, Jesus, when is this going to be over? You're just kind of like, okay. Um, you know, and we'll get into that. I, I yeah. know you like Norm MacDonald. I think that this movie has a lot of redeeming qualities about it. Uh, it is by no mean a masterpiece. It mm-hmm. could have been, I think. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that, too. That's okay. why I had you watch it. It wasn't what I expected because given dirty work, you know, I figured, you know, that they would start off as like, I don't know, sanitation workers, <laughs> and then somehow was, get into the revenge business. Um, what was the uh, movie that uh, Men at Work with Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez, where they were the garbage men? Something. Oh, that is that line. maybe? I don't know. I mean, I. Yeah. Okay, maybe I, I. I don't know. Maybe that was stuck in my subconscious somehow, but um, it definitely was not what I expected. Okay. Okay. Um, so. Uh, let me just get into the summary, um, see if I can get through it. Okay. Um, so this 1998 comedy marks the first and only feature-length directorial effort by Bob Saget. It is written by uh, Frank Sebastiano, Norm MacDonald, and Fred Wolf. Growing up, friends Mitch Weaver and Sam McKenna are taught by Sam's hard-nosed dad, Pops McKenna, to not take crap from anyone. The two take unconventional approaches to schoolyard boogie boogies. Sorry, school <laughs> gross. <laughs> schoolyard bullies and crossing guard predators. 
Um, as an adult, Mitch has turned into a bit of a pushover with a sad life. And after losing 14 jobs in three months and being dumped by his girlfriend, Mitch must move in with Sam and Pops. Uh, Pops has a heart attack. And in the hospital, Pops confides to Mitch that because of their parents' swinging lifestyle, he is also Mitch's dad. Even though Pop's heart is failing, Dr. Farthing, a hopeless gambler, will raise Mr. McKenna's position on the transplant waiting list if he's paid $50,000 to save himself from boogies. Dun, dun, dun. From boogies? No, bookies. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's all right. I was like, what? Boogeyman. Bo- um, Yeah, I'm stuck on the boogies. That's really disgusting. Okay. Well, it's Easter. Mm. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't understand it, I'm not going to explain it to you. <laughs> Bunnies, maybe. But boogies? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. So Mitch and Sam try to raise the money um, by trying to get jobs that they are not suited for. And then they have one ill-fated taste tester gig for brownies um, that is just crazy. Um, they eventually get jobs in a cinema with an abusive manager. Um, on a bet. The friends get revenge uh, by their co-workers. The friends get revenge on the manager by showing men in black who like to have sex with each other to a packed audience that includes the theater's corporate representatives. The workers suggest that they go into the revenge business. So Mitch and Sam open Dirty Work, a revenge for hire business. They get their start by hijacking a live TV spot for a shady car dealer who happens to be the abusive boss for Mitch's love interest, Kathy. They plant hookers who are pretending to be dead in the trunks of the cars on display. The live spot gets them business, but it causes Kathy to lose her job and she ma- and makes her mad at Mitch. Um, when one of their jobs protects an old woman's house from being bulldozed to make room for a parking lot for a new opera house, Kathy comes back around to liking Mitch, but the attempt to save the house stands in the way of a shady and rich property developer, Travis Cole's plans, and causes bad publicity for him. Cole hires Dirty Work to destroy one of his apartment buildings that is actually owned by Dirty Work's landlord and is home to Kathy's grandmother. The trick allows Cole to buy the property cheaply for his opera house parking lot. The job would have paid the exact amount that Sam and Mitch need to get Pops' heart plant. So afterwards, uh, Cole reneges on the money and Mitch's note-to-self mini tape recorder that he uses throughout the film uh, captures the confession. So Mitch and Sam plan their revenge on Cole and they ruin his opera using skunks, homeless men, and Pops, among other things. And then they ruin uh, also... Uh, Cole by playing his confession to the packed opera house with media present. So Cole sees that his uh, public image is being tarnished and agrees to pay to $50,000. In the end, Cole is punched in the stomach, arrested and jailed. Uh, Pops gets his operation and Mitch gets the girl and Dr. Farthing overcomes his gambling habit, but is beaten to death by boogies in the end. Boogies, not boogies. (laughs) There's a picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's a B it's movie. Like a, it's like a Musinex There's commercial. There's your B movie right there. What'd you say? It's like a Musinex commercial. That thing that's on the music. <laughs> beating the shit out of Chevy Chase. Dude with a little hat on, yeah. <laughs> 
So the film stars uh, Norm Macdonald as Mitch Waver, Artie Lang as Sam McKenna, Jack Warden as Pops McKenna, Trailer Howard as Kathy, uh, Christopher McDonald as Travis Cole, and it also features Chris Farley, Chevy Chase, and has cameo appearance by Don Rickles, Rebecca Romaine, John Goodman, and Adam Sandler, and surprise, surprise, Gary Coleman. What you talking Ooh. about, Susan? There we go. That's a hell of a cast. So why, I, why wasn't I laughing more? <laughs> you weren't. You weren't laughing more because this is where we'll start out with this conversation. Um, you know, on top five, we got Mike, who's the co-host. Yep. He he gets incensed when studios, and I have to agree with him on this. When studios pay somebody to make a movie, and then they go, "Oh no, let's do this to it." No. That would be like you asking Led Zeppelin to write a song, and then when Led Zeppelin gives you the song, you go, no, let's change this. No, you paid them to do it. If you can't do it, then you shouldn't do it. This was supposed to be a hard R mm-hmm. movie. It was, it, I mean... Well, this Trent- was supposed to be Saget's transition from his family-friendly persona of the 90s back to his blue comedy roots. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, is it's Bob, That's all right. Bob Saget is not Full House. Bob right. Saget took Full House to make money. Bob Saget is one of the filthiest comedians out there. If you think Gilbert Gottfried's dirty, you should listen to Bob Saget. Now, he's funny, and that's okay, but that that was what he was supposed to do. So when they did this, there was a lot of stuff in this movie um, that got eliminated. Uh, Chevy Chase had told Artie Lang and Norm Macdonald and Bob Saget, they're going to they're going to edit the hell out of this movie on you. They're they're going to they're going to try and screw it up. He said don't let him because the reason that Chevy Chase took this role was that he loved how dirty it was. He he just thought it was dirty and funny and and kind of groundbreaking. So the studio in their wisdom said our com- our our comedies aren't they're not popular right now. It's not what people like. And this was supposed to release in August. Right about the same time that this little film, independent movie, you might not might not have heard of it called "There's Something About Mary," yep, was releasing, and that became one of the biggest movies of the year. And they moved Dirty Work from August to June, and it was up against movies like Godzilla and stuff like that. And when they cut it and edited it and took all the stuff out, they took I'm, I'm sure they took away a lot of the humor, which is what happened here. So, yeah, I mean, I. It is. This is a '90s movie, right? Yeah. So it's it's it it's it feels like a '90s movie. Um, the soundtrack is straight up '90s. It's got everything but the Spin Doctors in the damn which soundtrack, is, which is a good thing. Um, but it's. I really wanted to like it. I do like Norm Macdonald. I I love the show. He's got on Netflix. Um, Norm Macdonald has a show. I think he's absolutely hysterical. I just don't think he's a leading man. He's he's very much one note. And unlike the people that you expect them to be one note, the Chris Farleys, the Adam Sandlers, um, there's still some range to Farley. There's still some range to Sandler. Norm MacDonald doesn't have that. And it's to me, it was like the equivalent to taking Stephen Wright and putting Stephen Wright as a leading man well, in a movie. Norm's humor is very dry. Yes. It's very dry. It's very sardonic. It, it's it's a, not a, you're right, it's not a leading man type of humor. But he was not the only, he wasn't, this wasn't like an Adam Sandler movie where 
Adam Sandler is the focus and is the only person that's really cracking the jokes. Okay, now I'm not, not I'm not crapping no. on Adam Sandler there, no. but like when you watch a movie like Happy Gilmore, it's it's a Happy Gilmore is in it in almost every scene. This movie you had so many different people breaking that up. You had Chevy Chase, Don Rickles, uh, Christopher McDonald, uh, Gary Coleman, um, Artie Lang. You know what I mean? Um, Jack Warden. You had a lot of people doing things in this movie that it was really kind of more of an ensemble cast than it was a Norm MacDonald vehicle. Yeah, I just don't think it was structured in that way. Well, it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. And Norm, the best thing Norm MacDonald's ever done was when he hosted Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update mm-hmm. because of his type of humor. If this movie would have had the jokes that popped that probably got eliminated, it, it would have been... It would have been a lot better. Now, for instance, we've talked about rape jokes aren't really that funny. No. But the scene in this where they get put in prison was handled in a completely different way. But they edited that out. And he's saying that bad thing, that bad thing you do, that bad thing. He actually said anal rape. Mm -hmm. But you can watch his lips and you can see that it says that bad thing you do, that they overdubbed it. Those are the types of jokes that if they would have done them and let them do them, they would have hit a little bit harder, maybe been a little bit funnier. Yeah, I I don't know about that particular scene, but I mean, there were there were some things in it that I, I did find kind of interesting and funny. But again, you could tell that they were holding back. Um, is Screwed the same way? Have you seen Screwed? No, I have not. That's with him and Dave Chappelle. So oh, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm wondering in. what that dynamic. I am in. Uh, Lane Dave Stritch Chappelle? is in it too, which you know. I, I don't I, know who that is. You lost me, at Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Elaine Stritch is like an, an old Broadway actor. Oh, Elaine actor. Stritch. She's on Thirty Rock. She yeah, was she played Jack. Yeah, her she, mother. Uh, yeah. Mother on on Thirty Rock. Um, I, so that that's intriguing to me, but I, I just I just don't know. I mean, I watched. He had a couple of sitcoms. Um, one, I think, was on ABC, and one was on Fox, um, Norm MacDonald. Um, so there's the Norm MacDonald show, which he also had Artie Lang uh, uh, star in, and it also had Laurie Metcalf. Um, it didn't do well, where he was like the social worker that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that one was called Norm. That was the Norm, yeah. I think so. Um, and then he had one that was called A Minute with Stan Hooper. Um, where he plays a a commentator. Um, that's the most popular one minute segment on on TV, a TV news show. Um, and he decides to move out of the city and into the Midwest to try to get in touch with the Midwest. Um, I don't think it lasted more than a season. Um, what they were trying to do was make it more subversive over time, but but still he. He just, I, he just can't, as much as I love him, I don't think he can carry. Like, he's better as a supporting actor, like when he was in the middle, um, his family guy voiceover stuff. He's, you know, he's... No, he, he, I, I agree. Um, so that's, that's the only thing. But you, I, can't, you can't take a product and make it and then cut it up and right. chop it up and yeah. take the meat away. Like, for instance, one of the jokes that got cut... My 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 biggest complaint was they called this dirty work, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they they get back at guys. Right. Um, the dirty work wasn't really that dirty. I mean, no. okay, and it so, wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like with the building when they did the building, they went in and they they faked like it was going to be a termite, and then they just they didn't really do anything underhanded. They just destroyed the building. They yeah. spray painted it. They knocked holes in it. Now one of them was um, 
one of the jokes that got cut out was something happened where they where they sent donuts to people. And the, the people, you know, like, oh, those are really great. Well, then they cut to a scene where they have the donuts on their dicks. Oh. Okay, now see, <laughs> that that's where that movie should have went. That would have been, that that would have made this, like, pop harder and been funnier. Right. The, the whole way they got back at Christopher McDonald at the end, they did this whole huge thing where they're like, oh, we're going into the, we're going into the opera and we're going to, the, the skunks and everything. And the only thing that really mattered was all they had to do was walk up to him with a tape and go, hey, I got this or I'm going to play it on the loudspeaker. You know what I mean? Right. And it was, it was still funny because, you know, you had Chris Farley freaking out with the skunks and um, there was, there was a lot of jokes in it that were okay, but if they would have allowed, allowed them to be blue, it probably would have been a lot funnier. So I, I still like it. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for these comedies. You know, the, mm-hmm. for the, I don't know why I'm kind of fascinated with the Saturday Night Live comedies, but I am. With, this with, was not a Saturday Night Live no, comedy, it wasn't. though. Yeah. In fact, this movie did so poorly because when he got fired as the Saturday Night Live... Um, News desk. He was fired as the, as the Saturday Night the, the Weekend Update anchor. He was not fired from the show, just as that part. And he was not fired by Lorne Michaels. He was fired by uh, Dan Olmeyer, who was the president at the time. And there's speculation about whether uh, it was just that Olmeyer didn't find that he was funny or that Olmeyer was good friends with O.J. And Norm was brutal to O.J. On, for the three years that he did it. Absolutely brutal. Uh, one of the jokes that he made was uh, they showed the pictures in court today and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And as as they were talking about it, O.J. turned his head and wept because he realized that he would only be able to kill Nicole one time. <laughs> I mean, I you know, it was God just damn. right. How <laughs> rough. Wow. Now, that's funny. But uh, so what happened was there kind of became a little bit of a feud there, even though um, I did watch a 16 minute clip with Norm. Uh, on David Letterman when they were talking about this where he was like now he's a good guy he's just doing his job you know what he doesn't think I'm funny you know I understand you know la 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 there became a feud no show on NBC was allowed to air the commercials for Dirty Work oh wow they were not I mean so okay that kind of hurts it you're right it wasn't a Saturday Night Live movie but let's be honest it, it, it was from a guy that was from Saturday Night Live yes it was not produced by Lauren Michaels but um you know, you had you had some heavy hitters in this movie. You had Don Rickles. You had uh, Chevy Chase. I mean, Chevy Chase right there. I thought he was fantastic in this movie. I you you didn't. You, you don't care I, for Chevy Chase. I uh, I don't know how I married you. <laughs> it's a it's a hot and cold. I think for Chevy Chase, like as far as the vacation movies, I think he's fantastic. But I just it always just seems. Um, oh, of course, too like. Caddyshack, of of course, um, but I don't know. It just seems kind of sometimes like he's just phoning it in. He's so glib. But um, but that's it. Yes. Yeah. I mean he he is like he is like the the Jedi, and <laughs> and Norm Norm Macdonald is like the Padawan because they because it's the same type of humor. They what? have the same dry glib, very quick. It's it's the same type of humor. Like you don't like Fletch. I think Fletch is one of the one of the best movies ever made. It's that that's the delivery that Chevy Chase has. It's just that him and Norm do it a little bit differently. It's the same types of jokes, but to me, I I love Chevy Chase. He's one of there's a lot of stuff out there about how he's an ass or whatever. I don't know. I've never met him. I've never worked with him, so I can't cooperate. But 
I I love his humor and to have him be able to come in and break that stuff up. Like when he's talking to him, he's talking to him about um, you know, your dad needs a new heart. Can I interest you in a in a seven hundred dollar bed? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, what the fuck is going on right here? But it's it that's Chevy Chase to a T. There was so many things they could have done here mm-hmm. that they could have been significantly funnier to me because it would have again, it would have been you wouldn't have expect brutally filthy. I his his performance in this reminded me of when he did Gerald Ford on Saturday Night Live. Just kind of <laughs> just clueless and just random and you know that that kind of a thing but he I, has he has one of my favorite lines in the movie though chevy chase does okay. he says you know you think that when you owe bookies money and they i don't know do something like they break chop <laughs> off your toe and then you still owe them fifty thousand dollars i really don't i really don't see how that's fair i mean you got the toe <laughs> <laughs> oh boy this movie is funnier the second time through because you 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 don't you're right you were expecting something different it's a it's a typical I watched it I wasn't expecting that I I wasn't really looking for all the extras in it so I I agree with you you it yeah. probably should have made you watch it twice but I had a hard time getting you to watch it once yeah and I just I don't think it used Artie Lang effectively either um, no it didn't um, or, or again it was kind of less of an, an ensemble piece but um, speaking of um, you you saying that uh, Chevy Chase is, is kind of known for being an ass, um, you know, because I guess there's tons of stories from him on Community. But in, you know, it, the opposite of that is, you know, the things that you hear about Norm MacDonald. Um, Norm MacDonald really is supportive of other comedians um, because currently on Norm MacDonald as a show, he has that sidekick um, that he found, I think you said, under a bridge. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I I think I made that as a joke. I think oh. that I think that what that guy does is he runs um, one of the big comedy clubs in right. L.A. and it was kind of where Norm got his start. And he goes back there a lot. Uh, I, I think I would have to do some research on that. But I I said that one time. Like, where do you find this guy under a bridge? Oh, <laughs> because I was like, who the who the fuck is this guy? I said he's not he's not okay, funny. Did my research on that one? No, that's all right. No, but I know what you're saying. Right. Um. But so, same with this. Um. This re- helped to revive Artie Lang's career after his his arrest and his sui- first suicide attempt. Massive drug problems. Oh, huge. Um. And just I mean, his oh, this guy's life is so tragic. Yeah. Um. The the, just reading about the the two, there's two suicide attempts. I think there was one in what 1995, sure, um, and one in 2010. Um, just t- you know, terrible. But he basically really loved Artie Lang's stuff on on Mad TV, and said, "I want I want him for this for this project." And then he used him again in his you know TV show Norm. So uh, they said that Artie was really nervous about working with Chevy Chase because of the stories about how difficult he was and everything. But yeah. apparently um, he ended up loving working with him, said that he was helpful and professional and just a, a, a good guy. So, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe personalities clash. I know that per- I know that uh, Chevy and Bill, Bill Murray don't, don't get along. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that, that don't like, um, you know, Bill Murray and, um, Oh, doggone it. Well, Richard Dreyfus don't get along either. So Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. From a, what about Bob? The, what about Bob sets? Oh, Apparently there was okay. A, yeah. There was a lot of things that Bill right. Murray did on the set that 
pissed off Richard Dreyfus. So, you know, I mean, sometimes personalities just don't mesh. You know, maybe, you know, we hear about community a lot about what a piece of crap supposedly Chevy Chase was. But, you know, on the other hand, maybe he thought things should be a little bit different and was trying to help out. And it was who knows? We, right. we don't know. Right. But Artie, Artie loved Chevy and they got along great. So, you know. But yeah, it was. It's uh, you're you're right. Norm Macdonald is widely regarded as a super nice guy. Okay, and this was also the last film released with uh, Chris Farley in it. This this was his last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he filmed a- he filmed Almost Heroes before this, and it was released in May. Yes, and this was yeah, and he wasn't even credited in the titles. Yeah, that's a shame. Eh. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I it sucks. He had no one or two good parts in this movie but i mean it just chris farley was chris farley in this movie yeah he he went off the rails like the thing that he was doing when the skunk and the skunks were in the cage <laughs> I, I mean that was, yeah. that was hysterical he's sing, he's he's at yeah sing, my brother he's acting like he's like zeus in some movie and then someone walks and goes great great are you ready oh yeah oh yeah sorry i'm um, sorry hold on let me open you know what i mean it was just it was typical chris farley the scene where he plays um where he plays um uh, where he's in the bar and they're about to have the fight and the bartender asks him, you going to play some kick-ass song? <laughs> you know? And he, scre- and he screams at him, hell yeah, in his face. That was ad-libbed. So when you see the when you see the bartender like take a step back, he was truly surprised because he had no idea that was coming. <laughs> Chris Farley is, uh, he, was a, he was a genius. It was, it was yeah. a damn shame that he's gone. But, you know, moving on. Let's let's talk about some of the revenge scenes in this movie. Okay. Um, I mean, we've we've got the ones when they're kids, um, where they you know take uh, take uh, pops as guns and they hide them in the desk of the bully in an elementary school. <laughs> they just walk in with like six guns. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. the The thing that they did there was with with the with those jokes. They were funny because you can just imagine how much trouble that kid would get in because, I mean, let's be honest, there's no no, no principal's going to go, oh, you know what, I don't think he did it. I think he was set up by one of his classmates in third grade, right? right. Well, you, I don't know if they had gun registries back then. You could probably trace the guns back to who owned it. Well, not all right. guns are registered either. Yeah, that's true. But, yes, you're right. Um, I thought the uh, I thought that one was very funny just because he said <laughs> that was a good line too. He goes, "All right, give me your milk money." I don't think I can do that because I'm not sure you're going to spend it on milk. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good one-liners in this movie. Um, the 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 hookers in the in the car and the, the dead hookers in the There's car. There's another dead hunker, hooker in this truck. Yeah. Um. The the frat boy um, revenge with the cops. That was good. Yes. Uh, the, the hello, real cops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only other real one that they did was the um the building. Yeah, I mean they had the the bearded later one, which was kind of weak, right? Extremely weak, you know. But it the the funny part of that is the reveal that it was Rebecca Romaine, um, yes, uh, playing the bearded lady. But you know, shaving her beard that's only going to hold her back what for a couple weeks? A couple weeks, yeah, yeah. Um, you know things like that. The the popcorn in the bulldozer. The you know. Utter, utterly ridiculous. The, the no, the most ridiculous one is the they're trying to put fish in this mansion and they get caught in the drug deal. <laughs> that was funny though. <laughs> it, was, it was so way out of context. Oh, it was dark. It was it dark. Was so dark. So I think that's probably a glimmer into what the movie probably would have been had they not interfered. Had I, I the agree. Studio not interfered. And that's what makes it funny because you don't expect that was of all the ones they did. 
that one went off the rails the most. Yeah, and they're and just he, sitting there holding yeah, just fish. Holding and fish. <laughs> My favorite part of that was when they were done and everybody's dead. Artie decides it's time to start hiding fish again. <laughs> he's like, he's like what, are you, what are you doing? We got to go. <laughs> um, so I, I think it would have been funnier if the pranks themselves would have been more vicious, not just popcorn in a car. You, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's not... That's that's just funny. That's not like real. Mm-hmm. But I st- it still wasn't enough to ruin the movie for me. I still probably maybe because I'm biased because I do like Norm Macdonald so much and I do like Chevy Chase so much. Probably, but I mean, you know, let's be honest. The the fight scene when um with uh, whoever it was in Gary Coleman. Oh, oh the guy. Yeah, what they were like. He was he was wasn't he like uh, when he was hallucinating because of. Uh, yeah, the brownie hallucinations were just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that the one where Gary Coleman got punched right in the face and knocked out? Maybe I don't I th- know who I think he was so. fighting. I mean, I can't remember who was fighting. They but they ripped off the whole trains, planes, and automobile in the first hallucination where Norm's driving the car and he looks over at Artie Lang and it's Gary Coleman laughing and then they're driving toward the devil who is Adam Sandler and. Do you yeah. know who they originally wanted to play that Adam Sandler part? Who they offered it to Howard Stern. <laughs> and Howard Stern turned it down. Well, Artie like, Lang worked for Howard Stern for a long time. Yes. Yeah. So, and they, um, I think after his second suicide attempt, um, Artie want, wanted to come back on the show. And Howard actually, I mean, Howard Howard Stern gets a lot of shit, but I think deep down he's he's, he's a good probably person. A, he's just he's a, a stand up guy. But he he decided against it because he didn't think it would be in the best interest of his recovery and to put him back in that situation. Cause even though Howard Stern does a lot of stuff with prostitutes and, and drugs and blah, blah on his show, Mm -hmm. you're right. He's, he's not a, he's not an evil, vile person. I I can't think of what, what, uh, who, um, Gary Coleman was fighting, but it was when they, cause they were giving all the, the members of the, the cast of the opera, the, the hallucinogenic brownies that they had been taste testing before. I can't remember. Um, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it. Would, I, listen, honestly, guys, uh, I have not had work for two weeks, so <laughs> I have watched a lot of TV, and stuff is starting to blend together. <laughs> so I'm not even sure if there is a scene where Gary Coleman's in a boxing no, match in this movie. There okay, is, I, I believe I'm. You know, I maybe it's the you know Mandela effect, but I I believe there is. I think there is too. Um, Something so. happens where you're like, all right, Gary Coleman's about to kick this guy's ass, and the person walks up, he punches him in the face one time. Gary Coleman falls down, and he's out, and you're like, and it was funny because they set it up where Gary Coleman was going to be the underdog and save the day in this fight, and then it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's over. So, um, the uh, the brownie scene, you knew what was coming, right? You knew what was coming. Artie has. His mouth is so full of brownies he can't even talk. Norm nibbles it, and on the way home, Artie's just fine. He's got hives. Norm looks like he's a leper. (laughs) He's freaking out. He's sweating. Oh, my God. One of the things that I do like um, that they built into the the whole thing is that there's this kind of dissonance between how Norm gets treated and how Artie gets treated, right? Yeah. so anytime that they are in a confrontation, it's Norm getting thrown through a plate glass window or tossed into a dumpster or thrown out on the street. And Artie <laughs> just walks out, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, I think there's one part in the movie where Norm literally takes a face a face plant on the concrete twice within like 45 seconds. Uh, you're right. The only time that was the difference was when the um, their landlord, Mister, uh, I can't remember what his name was. He punches Artie in the gut for the for not having the rent. Oh yeah, remember that was the yeah, only time he goes. Anyway, why did he punch? Why didn't he punch you? I, I don't know. Because yeah, he said you could punch him. Yeah, yeah as part of the uh, as part of the agreement. That's that's his department. <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of the movie too. Is at the very beginning when he says. I don't know if I can give you that money because I don't think you're going to spend it on milk. And the next thing you see is this kid just flying across the screen and like off the backboard into the dumpster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I crack. It kills me every time. It kills me every time. <laughs> okay. Um, The Don Rickles scene when they're in the theater. Don Rickles. Super contrived because mm-hmm. they just wanted Don Rickles to do what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Love me some Don Rickles so much that I'm going to let it go. Um, They said... <laughs> First of all, do you know who they originally tabbed to to do that? No, I don't. Rodney. That I can see. They were going to have Rodney do it, but as they were as they were writing it and everything, Bob Saget said, "You know, Don Rickles is known for this. This is who we should get." Don Rickles went off on such a tangent that he was insulting him and actually calling them Norm and Artie. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to kind of edit some of it out. <laughs> Don Rickles is so great. Uh do you genius. know that in that scene um, where the staff is getting berated and, and yelled at, the the guy who dares them says, well, you know, I'll give you 20 bucks if you do this and everybody agrees. That is Chris Farley's brother. I did not know that. Yep. That's his brother. Excellent. Yeah. All in the family. Well, I, I mean, hey, listen, you know what? Everybody makes fun of Adam Sandler because he has all his friends in his movies. But they nail it every time, so why wouldn't you continue to do it? You know what I mean? Right. Um, the uh, the scene, uh, excuse me, the scene where Norm is sitting in the um, in the office, and the girl walks in, the love interest, Trailer Howard. Yeah, and she's um, all mad at him and everything, and then. Literally goes from I hate you to hey you want to go out kind of thing. It was like I'm like okay that's that's weak. We could have wrote that a little bit better. I, is that the way it went down? Because the way I think the way it went down is she was he sees her he walks her to work and then he gets the idea for yes. for that and then she comes in and she's angry at him. I don't think she likes him again until um, they prevent the house from being bulldozed down because now she's like oh well you're kind of doing nice things too so you must be cool um so that's fine i liked trailer howard in like the early 2000s late 90s i you know she was she didn't do much with her career i mean she's she had um she was in boston common with um god what's his name um the same guy that was in the other show with uh with uh, Mike, Michael Malley. Yeah, Michael Malley. Uh, uh, I can't think of it, but uh, keep talking. You're keep gonna talking. look. At, okay, so she was in that. Um, she was also in uh, uh, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. That then became Two Guys and a Girl, and one of the guys was famously Ryan Reynolds. Um, and she also had a love interest with Nathan Fillion in that show. So Anthony Clark. Anthony Clark. Yes. Um, she had that very small part of being the first wife of Jim Carrey in Me, Myself, and Irene. Yes. Um, where she falls for the little guy. 
Um, so, you know, and then she kind of just, I guess she was in Monk for a very long time. She was in Monk for the entire series. Was she? she uh, set, like, I somehow did like, not recognize like her. 70 something episodes. Oh, wow. So, but I mean, she was okay in this. She wasn't anything spectacular, so. Well, I mean, again, she was just the girl. Yeah, you can't you, know, you can't blame you can't blame an actor if yeah. the writing's not that good. You know what I mean? Some actors can elevate bad scripts and make them acceptable, right? But no actor takes a shit script and makes it Oscar worthy. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, oh, no. she, I mean, she did. She did what she was supposed to do in this. She was supposed to be cute, bat her eyes, you know, um, be the love interest. She wasn't expected to be funny. I, 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 it always cracks me up though when I watch movies like this, and <laughs> we're just going to go the whole gamut with them. Um, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. They always have these extremely beautiful women that are gaga over them. And you're like, um, hello? <laughs> hello? Why am I doing again? Oh, it's your your undeniable attraction to me. Yeah. Yeah, she was in she was in Monk for pretty much the whole uh, uh, 87 episodes. She was in for 87 huh. episodes. I mean, I watched a couple seasons with a Monk. I don't realize why I never recognized her, I guess. Yeah, that show's underrated, too. Yeah, it really is. She was also in Son of the Mask. Oh. <laughs> Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> so, um, I mean, well, like, tell me, tell me what it is that I mean, because I mean, there was there were some things I I can appreciate about this movie, and I see that the humor and some of the conventions that they used in it, but overall, you know, it, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't something about Mary. Um, oh, you know, well, it couldn't be because the pop and the zing was stolen because it was PG thirteen. I just felt like some of it was this extremely disjointed, and you know, the the things that moved the story along kind of felt forced, um, and sometimes didn't make sense. Um, but I don't. Just tell me what it is that you really. I mean, when did you first see this movie? Oh, I don't know. Probably. I didn't see it in the theaters. Not many people did. <laughs> uh, I probably saw this four or five years after it came out. Okay. Probably. Um, it was just one of those things where, uh, you know, I probably went to the video store on a weekend because I didn't have a lot of money or something and made four or five rentals and just probably bar- rented it. Um, I, I, Chevy Chase is probably the real reason that I like it and I and I of course I really like Norm Macdonald and th- that just pushes over the- there's just certain things you know okay like um let's go back to Saving Silverman okay, okay. Saving Silverman really wasn't oh no an amazing movie right and no. it, and, and this that that's that's in the same vein the same time frame the 90s that that, that type of humor it, it but it had Saving Silverman had enough pops things in it that you're you're okay watching the rest of the movie because it's not a bad movie, right? It's not a great movie, right? But you you can say okay, you know they probably should have done this here, but I'll let it go because because this part and this part and this part were a big enough payoff that you enjoy seeing it again and again and again. Yeah, and I think the actors in Saving Silverman, you know, save for Silverman himself, but I mean, um, Steve and and Jack Black and 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 um, I can't think of her name. Oh. Amanda Pete. Amanda Pete. Yeah, they had, they carried that movie forward because they were enjoyable characters to watch. Yes, they were. Um, I just don't feel like got enough of 
our protagonist to make me feel like I cared. Okay, you but know? but the jokes to me, the payoffs on the jokes were good enough. You know, the, right. every time that they would have a conversation with with Chevy Chase, it was you. Go, okay, we've all had someone sick in the hospital. Okay, and we've all had those things where we've had to talk to the doctors. Right. And when you walk up to the doctor, and the first thing the doctor wants to tell you about is, you know, this is what happened. We've seen improvement here. What's the first thing Chevy Chase says to him every time they show up? Hey, do you have that money? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the- it, it's just, it, they never really once talk about Jack Warden's health conditions. It's just about how, well, I got to have that money. Well, it's like they, that too is like they're, they're like every time you go, because, you know, he comes in, um, the, the standard thing between him and Artie Lang is you know he comes in Artie Lang goes up to him and every time Artie notices something different like you broke your arms broken what happened to your foot yes what happened, you know what I mean but they end up talking about not just the money it's just like when you catch the end of their conversations it's like these weird just random stuff that they're talking about it's not had nothing not, nothing to do with pops right. nothing to do with what the, you know the money that they need to get him to the top of the list it's just some stupid random thing and that those, they're talking those, about those things are payoffs for me you know every time that i see norm mcdonald face first into a, in a into the sidewalk it, it kills me um the one bum that used to work for the boss right every time that's that is the guy who played the principal in uh billy madison okay it's the same guy uh, he goes into these long, deep, expositional, this is how I'm going to turn my life around, and the next thing you turn around, everybody's gone. You know, <laughs> you know like, so so basically it's like, well, we're not really here to be deep, we're just here to screw with people. You know, the the scene where they're planting the fish in the house, um, every time, it's, uh, even as an adult, he gets thrown into the dumpster. Yep. Um, the one line that I had mentioned is when he's taught, when he goes and sees the, <clears throat> when he's walking with the girl, with Trailer Howard, and they're walking down the street, and they end up at her grandmother's house. And he goes to leave and he goes, yeah, I'm going to, you know, go and lift some weights. What? You know, <laughs> just it's those little things to me that the, the payoffs are worth. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not going to win Golden Globes or anything, but just the, it's it's each little payoff that it sustains me. And they're they're close enough together that you're like, OK, I get it. I, I can I can put up with it. The whole even at the end when they're when they're setting the whole thing up with to, to ruin the op, os, uh, the, uh, the the opera. um. You're like, okay, I mean, what's going to happen here? The next thing you got Jack Warden on the stage walking around in his in his hospital gown talking <laughs> baby, about how yeah, how he's going to let's go to Vegas. How he's going to plow the, the the heavy lady. I mean, it's just you know, and then you're like, okay, this is oh wait, the, here's Chris Farley with the skunks. It was just you know, it was kind of kind of like Grown Ups 2 to me. Oh. You hated you hated Grown Ups 2. I think I, Grown Ups 2 would have been much better as a web series than a movie. Okay, and, but that's uh, yeah. what it was. It was just a bunch of little skits, and I get right. it. But those little skits were had enough of a payoff most of the time that I was okay sitting through the lackluster story or the lackluster uh, lackluster act uh, lackluster acting. Right. You know, you, you, you got nothing going on, and all of a sudden, here comes Shaq and Tim Meadows. And it was just... You know, I loved him. Oh, me, me too. <laughs> but that's kind of what this movie did for me. That's right. why I liked it. The first time I watched it, I was like, eh, you know, okay. It had some funny moments. You're, you're right. And then I went back and I watched it like six months later for some reason. I think I, I mean, I do own it on DVD. I think I probably found the DVD for five ninety nine somewhere, three ninety nine, and said, well, psh, I liked it enough that it's worth four bucks. And then you watch it a second time, and you're like, okay, this was a lot better. I like it more each time I watch it. But I'm, I'm also not, I'm also not gonna. Uh, go out and champion this movie as the best movie that has any Saturday Night Live alumni in it. So that that's what that's what I found endearing uh, about it. It's 
I'll watch anything with Chevy Chase in it. Just about. Um, there's a couple things that I know out there how bad they are. Like the remake Vacation, I'm not watching that. Yeah. Now, some people say how great it is. Okay, I've heard enough that I don't I, need to see Aren't they coming it. out with another one, too? It would surprise me. I mean, we can't we can't get anything new from Hollywood, even though they, they want to mm-hmm. talk about how amazing they are as as uh, writers, I, whatever. To, to me, Chevy Chase, when he's in the vacation movies as... Um, I can't. My brain is not working. Clark Griswold. Clark, Clark Griswold. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Holy, damn you, quarantine. Um, yeah, it's China's fault. No. <laughs> um, anywho, um, so Clark Griswold is to me the biggest stretch I've seen him do from an acting perspective to become a character. Everything else that I've seen him do is just Chevy Chase. You know, well, why and- mess with perfection? <laughs> that's that's his thing. You know, okay, Chris Farley was was a very physical comedian. Yep. He was very physical as was Jim Belushi. Oh yeah. Jim Belushi a lot of what he did was the fact you watch a Chris Farley movie and he's jumping around and doing cartwheels and doing flips and you're like, "Jesus Christ, what? This guy this guy is way too big to be doing that type of stuff and that's and and then the whole Chris Farley's yelling thing. You're like, "In a van down by the river." In a van yeah, down that, by the river. That type of stuff. He was a very <laughs> physical comedian. I don't think Chris Farley uh he one of the stories was that he was heartbroken when he didn't get the lead role in Cable Guy. Um which led kind of supposedly led to his downward spiral. I don't think he'd have been good in Cable Guy. It, that's not his that's not his style. Yeah. I know that he was trying to change his style, but you know, once you get pigeonholed, you kind of either have to go with it or you have to be lucky enough to get that one role that breaks you out, a la Tom Hanks. You know, where you you're a comedian and then you get that serious role, and next thing everybody appreciates you for what you are. But Chevy Chase is that that is what Chevy Chase does. I mean, even when you watch Chevy Chase on the Norm Macdonald show, that's what Chevy Chase was. He was, mm-hmm. you know, the the whole thing where he just kind of you know, widens his eyes and gives you that look. So uh, you're right. He's probably not stretching to be an actor, but I don't think he's looking to be an actor. I think he's looking to be a comedian, which maybe that's why community was such a problem because they didn't want him to do that. And he felt like that's what, uh, who knows? Well, one of the reasons, speaking of, of Jim Belushi, one of the reasons that McDonald, John Belushi, John Belushi. Oh, not Jim. I mean, I like Jim. I do too. He, Don't get he, me wrong. He, I like he Jim Belushi. He has his moments. He has moments. Um, but John Belushi is, that's one of the reasons that, McDonald wanted Artie Lang is he saw a lot of yes Jim Belushi um, John Belushi. Don Belushi god damn um, <laughs> do we Jim. do we need a break do you need to refill that coffee maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about stuff here in just like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 Oh, hey, God. Look, good news, everybody. We are 50 minutes into the podcast this week, and nobody has belched into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, I didn't belch into the microphone. I turned my head. <laughs> he saw he saw a lot of John Belushi and Artie Lang. Yeah, he did. A lot of the same demons, a lot of the same uh, character mm. flaws and stuff like that. I, I agree. Oh, I mean, I just... I was reading about his backstory and even his suicide, like his last suicide attempt. I, not to bring it down, but... He drank bleach and then stabbed himself nine times in the abdomen. How, how, in, I'm just. I don't know. How much could you be suffering 
to do that to I've, yourself. I've never it's, understood that, it's, and it's 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 I it's hard to talk about. But I don't understand what could be so bad. I mean, unless you think you're gonna, you know, unless you're dying of cancer or you're gonna go to jail for eighty years, I can't see. He was. I mean, that's just uh, that. That's heartbreaking to hear. You know, this guy. I mean, this and this guy had so much support and so many friends that were there for him. You know, and maybe yeah. that was, you know, that's been a saving grace. I don't know. That's but. something that a lot of people don't acknowledge or understand, too. I, 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 and I'm not, you know, this isn't to crap on it or bring it down. And I know that we've talked about, you know, depression issues before. Obviously, depression does something to your brain. And, and, and it's, you know, that, that makes you not see things or, or not be able to cope with things the proper way. We look at someone like Artie Lang and go, geez, how, what could be wrong? You have money. You have career. You have fame. You're good at what you do. Um uh, why why well, we, we we don't know you mm. know i mean I, I mean stab yourself in the stomach nine times jesus yeah. christ i poked my finger with a, a fork the other day and i cried <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm kidding but i mean that's that's dark i mean it you, is. Know, you hear someone like the, you know brad delp who was the lead singer for boston he committed suicide he he piped gas into his bathroom basically and he just kind of well, fell beca- asleep and went out you know what i mean was that uh, was that because he was sick or was that I can't remember. I'm not. I'm not sure. Or he was I, just. I, I. I. I think he had depression issues as well. Mm. I mean, to hear some of the band members talk about it, you know, because there was a stint where he wasn't with him, and then he was with them, and you know, things like that. I mean, to me, I can see. Okay, you're gonna get in the car and you're gonna turn the gas on, or the car, and you're gonna just kind of fall asleep and be out. Okay, you know, it's painless. Blah blah blah. Right. Right. Well, you know, because his first attempt was just you know whiskey and pills because he ran out of cocaine, um, and. The second one was, I mean, that is... I'd probably want to end it all if I ran out of Oddly cocaine. specific and deliberate, you know. And yes, extremely weird. Yeah, not weird. Just, I mean, just try. I mean, how much do you have to be in that state of mind? That's just, I mean, I'm glad he's still alive. I'm, I'm glad he's still working, um, doing podcasts and whatnot, so... Yeah, his podcast is actually very popular. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's always up there. But, I mean... Again, it's easy to have a popular podcast when you're famous. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if I was president of the United States, people would probably listen to my podcast. Yeah. But I'm not president. I'm, I'm president of the uh, association that maintains this little office right here. <laughs> nobody nobody wants to listen to that guy. So. Uh, yeah. And, and, and for us independent podcasters, now you've got these actors coming out of these very popular shows and, and doing podcasts about every single episode because you got the ladies from the office. And just recently, um, you've got... Um, Oh my God, my brain is just not working today. Well, Scrubs, the guys from Scrubs. Zach Braff. And Zach Braff and um, what's his name? T- 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 Teddy Bear, Chuck, chocolate, chocolate Bear. Chocolate Bear. Uh, Donald Faison. Donald Faison. Uh, now See, have I'm- a Scrubs podcast. Damn. So. See, that's very easy, uh, and that's a very screwing easy. Screwing us into podcasters. That's I'm a very you, easy way for those guys to to just make money that's that's what it is they're they're i mean oh, yeah. well, they're I, I mean it, it is what it is i do i want to make a lot of money uh yeah i'd like to make a lot of money doing a podcast i mean how, how much better would it can it get than sitting here for two hours with your wife and you make you know fifty thousand dollars a year off of that you know you know that'd be great but we we don't we don't have that clout and those guys have that clout and oh, yeah and you know, it's like the like you tell me the paranormal stuff that people love to listen to. Oh yeah, the, the, it's 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 huge. Horror, paranormal yeah. are great little niches yeah, to exactly, get into. Exactly. Yeah. So so they have a catch. We don't. We I mean, there's a lot of people that talk about movies. So yeah, you know, you know, 
it, it, I, I, I get it and I understand it and I don't ever want to, I don't, I don't really like crapping on other people's fame because no, no. It, it, some people don't deserve it because mm-hmm. maybe they're not good people or they're not talented, but you know, on the other hand, good, good for them. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm, and I just was joking before about, you know, screwing the independent oh, podcast, I know you were. podcaster, I know you were. but yeah, I do like Donald Faison. And but let's Crapper. be honest. We, I mean, we, I, I own all the Scrubs DVDs. They're right there on the shelf. Yep. Um, we, one of our favorite shows is The Office. Uh, if we had any, uh, if we had the ability to get to listen to Donald Faison and Zach Braff break down every episode and tell us all the little bit of behind the, the scenes yeah. trivia, we we would because I, that's... I I think it would be good because I mean they are friends in real life so that that um, would be good to kind of get insight to their actual dynamic as beyond what they were as yeah you know JD and the other guy can't think of his name because I oh am... man you, you know it's been a while since we watched Scrubs it's it's uh, JD was Zach Braff and it was uh... <sighs> you're right maybe we'll look it up at break. <laughs> Well, let's. I think it's about time to take a break, if you ask me. Okay, so let's talk about that scene. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hello there. Do you like movies but feel overwhelmed by the avalanche of titles available every week in the theaters and on streaming services? Do you struggle with justifying the increasing cost of movies at the theater or whether to pick up another streaming service? Well, I have a resource for you. One Movie Punch. Your movie review podcast for currently playing newly streaming classic and cult movies. One movie per day, every day. We track the theaters, streaming services, and the occasional physical release to find the best movies currently available. We watch every film, then distill it into a short three to five minute review and publish a daily podcast. And now with year two, we've gone spoiler free for all movies within the last three years and bringing on a team of reviewers with brand new perspectives and selections. Want more information? Head over to www.onemoviepunch.com to subscribe to the daily podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Movie Punch and Facebook at www.facebook.com slash One Movie Punch. We'll see you there. All right, break's over. We got a, we went to the uh, research department. <laughs> Donald Faison's character name was Turk. Yep, Christopher Turk. Most of you guys probably already knew that. And you're yeah. like, what is wrong with you dipshits if you don't know that? It's Turk. You dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too. The second thing was um, we did research the clip and what uh, with Gary Coleman fighting in the ring. And what happened was is at the opera house when they walk in and they're all jacked up on the brownies, all the guards and the the, the, the belt. What do they call them? The, 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 uh, the ushers? The ushers, yes. Wonder what they're thinking about. And they were thinking about Gary Coleman boxing Ken Norton, who's actually, you know, was actually a heavyweight champion of the world at one point. Um. Damn, I was gonna say I had I was gonna say it and I didn't write it down. Um, Uh-oh. um oh, about have you said you know what what would you make you know why to watch this? Why, okay, why I picked it. Okay, I have I have a piece of paper here with a list on it that every time I think of a movie that I should put on for the show, I put it down. But it's only it's only like twenty movies, and there are certain movies that I know you haven't seen that I'm not gonna put on the list because I know I know you're not gonna like them, right? It, it's a movie that I like that you're not going to like because it's either like crude or it's just a pile of garbage that I think is amazing. You know what, you know what I mean? And it's about trying to expose us to things that we would like out of our out of our uh, range. Well, I mean, it's not like it's I think it's more like appreciating 
Okay. People's there are, taste, there you are, know, whatever kind of taste it there is. There are some movies that if I have you watch them, you're not going to appreciate them. So it's, oh, okay. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, I mean, I, I can, I can look at a movie and go, she's not going to even want to talk about that movie or something. And I can't come up with any right now, but there's, there's a handful. But this movie was on there, and I, I didn't last week. We were talking about what we we're going to watch. I didn't even know what to pick for you because I had just made you sit through two Expendables movies, so I was trying to be nice. <laughs> so I tried, I tried to pick something that I thought, yeah, I thought you might at least, you know, like you didn't, you didn't like Ford Fairlane, but you appreciated it. Yeah, okay? well, I learned to. Well, I don't know if I so much appreciated the movie, but I learned to appreciate the work that Andrew Dice Clay put in. Or Andrew. Clay or whatever his name is is put into the Dice Clay character so I, I got it I, I got you it. right so that's yeah. kind of what this was I know that you like Norm Macdonald I love um, him yeah so it was just kind of a you know I, I it was a it was a it was a Hail Mary at mm-hmm. the, I had not thought about it honestly enough at the beginning of the show to figure out what I wanted to have you watch and I was wavering back and forth so that's that's kind of what it was so but but it's this is a movie that I would not I would not sit down on a Friday night and go, oh my God, let's watch Dirty Work. But mm-hmm. this is a movie that if I'm doing something here in the office, I'm like, you know what, I haven't seen that in a while and I can put it in and I'm okay with it. Okay. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not, again, it's not best picture, but it's there's a lot of things about this movie that I like and I appreciate. This, that's that's why I, I wanted to elaborate on that a little bit further than what I had said earlier. So. Okay. Um, do you have questions? Or um, do you want to talk box office first? I don't care. Uh, we can do box office. Uh, it was not a big hit. Uh, in fact, it was a flop. It made <laughs> it made ten million twenty three thousand two hundred eighty two dollars. It cost thirteen million to make. Now it has, like a lot of these movies do, has become a cult following and has done very well on dvd blu-ray uh pay-per-view things like that um this was a movie that i think got lost in the white noise this was not a summer blockbuster release date and it was released on june 12th that's not that's not when this movie should be released this movie should have been in april or a september or august like it was slated to be um it was the number 134 movie in 1998, it did beat out Wrongfully Accused, starting Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> she wasn't really saying that uh, much. Have you seen that one? I have not. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, look, everybody's like, oh, it's another Leslie Nielsen movie. Okay. I it's mean, fun. It, yeah, of course it is. It's, it's Leslie fun. Nielsen. It's Leslie Nielsen, and, it's, and it makes fun of a lot of those 90s movies at the time, so especially The Fugitive. So it, um, this is this is the part about this that really broke my heart about this movie because I like I like this movie. It was number one hundred and thirty four at ten million twenty three. As I said, um, it did not beat out the number one hundred and twenty two movie, Home Alone three, which made thirty million dollars. <laughs> is that what the new kid? That yeah, doesn't even have Macaulay Culkin no. in it. Right before Christmas time, I'm sitting in here in the office. I had some dead time. Actually, it was right after Christmas. I think it was the weekend between Christmas and New Year's. And I'm working on something, and I was infatuated with the Disney app at the time because I had been watching the Star Wars movies, and this Disney app was still pretty new and stuff like that. And it was, like, recommended for you. And because I had watched Home Alone and Home Alone 2, it's like, hey, you should watch Home Alone 3. And I'm like, you know what, Disney? You always know what's best for me. <laughs> let me tell you this. Let me tell you something. I got about 12 
minutes into this movie and I was like, no. And I don't usually turn stuff off. I said straight up, no. I made it and I, and I still have to go back and finish it. I was like 35 minutes into Dolomite. And that movie is woof. <laughs> but I made it 12 minutes and this movie made $30 million and it made 10 times what Dirty Work did. And that, you know what, America? That breaks my heart. You let me down. <laughs> you let me down, America. Do I have questions? I mean, yes. W- w- okay, we'll we'll call it out. Popcorn in the in the engines. Yep. Okay. First of all, <laughs> the popcorn's not going to stay in the engine compartment. It's just going to fall right through it. And it's not going to shoot through the exhaust. It's pipe. not going to unless you put it in the engine. And if you put yeah. it in the engine, it's not going to run because there's there's no way it's going to make it through. It was just to be funny. Um. That might have been the the biggest one, you know. Okay. You have questions though. I do. I mean, there's there's a couple of things that kind of, um, you know, you you you're supposed to suspend your disbelief when you're watching these types of things. Agreed. But there are a couple of things that um, did kind of make me go. Eh? Um, one of them is, um, how the hell is Sam sustaining himself? It's, it's like he doesn't have a job, and then Norm doesn't have a job. And even when they're doing dirty work, it's not like they're trying to put all the money toward saving Pops. So how are they living? <laughs> Pops money. Pops money. Okay. Because they're, they're sleeping. Remember, they were living at Pops' house. Yeah. Until uh, uh, Artie got pissed off at Norm, and then Norm ended up sleeping in his car. Yeah. And so they're living in this house. So they're in the house. But there's a, a couple of scenes where you know they're having these like reflective conversations and they're on the roof of a building. It's an apartment building. And I'm like, why are they on the roof of that building? I mean, there's a couple of jokes that they have to land. So I get that. But at the same time, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. That was the one part where you <laughs> laughed out loud. You, it is. You, yeah, it he, is. With the pee joke. But it's like, you're just randomly putting them on top of a building. So it, it just was a little, eh. Well, I mean, maybe maybe they don't, maybe Pops doesn't have a house. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a, maybe it is an apartment building because remember they did work, they were walking up steps to get there. They never showed you going up an elevator or anything. Maybe that's an apartment building that he uh, lives in. Uh, no, I think they showed him going into the house because after uh, Artie said, yeah, definitely, you know, I saw your car. I can help you with the flat. They were walking into a house, like a Victorian house. Okay. And then they were on this kind of brick apartment building later so well maybe that's uh just a spot over top of a some of those houses have little areas like that that you can go out they're designed to be like little patios or something maybe mm. I, I don't know it's, it's just, it was just weird no um, that's okay I'll, i i gave you good answers just shoot them down i don't care <laughs> no big deal no because they're on top of like a brick building in like the same kind of area where you know it looked like he was living with his girlfriend okay right but he wasn't supposed to be there anymore but here's my biggest one okay the age disparity in this movie. Okay, so you got Pops, who's, they're, what, in their 30s, I think is what they what they kind of said I in think the beginning so, yeah. of the movies. They're in their 30s. Pops is in his 80s. Now, do that, they Do they say he's in his 80s? Yes, they do. When okay. he's in the um in the hospital and they said, oh, he's 80 year, years old and, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, But the, the and the, okay, that's fine. You know, you can have kids when you're older. You know, there can be a you know disparity between his wife and and him and and Norm's mom and and him. But here's the one that just blew my mind. Kathy's grandmother is said to be sixty years old. Okay. Even if Kathy is twenty, 
that doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. How old was Kathy when she was born? How old was the grandmother when Kathy's mother was born? It's like she well, looks like she's 30, if, so that's half of their if age. If the grandmother had her mother when she was 18, and then the mother had Kathy when she was 18, that's only 36 years. So she's in her early 20s is what you're saying? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it was weird, you know? <laughs> okay, fair enough. I also think that that's not something that they were really too concerned about <laughs> when they were writing this movie. It was just like... What? Uh, <laughs> like, I see where you're coming yeah. from. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we probably wouldn't have given a shit if we'd gotten to see the good jokes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not prostitutes? Uh, yeah. So that's just... that. Kathy, was... Kathy's, Kathy's grandma is running a... She's running a prostitution ring out of her... <laughs> Stupid. Um, there's a lot of jokes in this that are funny that we didn't cover the one was the joke where he's up on the roof peeing and he hits the guy and the guy comes up and he's literally i'm drenched covered like he had just got out of a pool <laughs> the when they're destroying the building and Artie is just plowing through the doors and norm runs into one and he can't even get it to budge it just so he gets a, a flamethrower yes, and fl- there's there's a lot of different the cherry bomb yeah it was uh, a, you liked that one didn't you it was kind of interesting yeah, yeah. Oh God! This I think this joke has more payoffs than not, or this joke, this <laughs> this movie this joke of a movie. Yeah, this movie has more has more payoffs than than not. I I I think that if it had been left alone, it could have been a big big hit. But once again, the studio decides that they know what's best. You know, so uh, yeah. disappointing. Uh, yeah, a little, little. So, do you have um? I actually have a top four. Um, okay. Do you go. have a top three? Okay. I do. Go ahead. Okay. So um, obviously one of the, and these are in no particular order. Um, the jukebox scene where Chris Farley is saying, yeah, I'm going to play street fighting man so in there. <laughs> a 37. Dude, you just punched in a 38 and it starts playing the pina colada if song like during the, colada. during the fight song. So that was pretty funny. Um, Chris Farley and the skunks, obviously, because it's just that's classic Chris Farley and him, you know, doing the thing with swinging his arms and he's yelling at the skunks, skunks, yes, my brothers, my brothers. And they say that the man with, was it one eye can rule the world? Well, the guy with no nose. The man, the man with the man with one with one eye is king and is king in the land of the blind. Oh, king in the land of the blind, and the man with one one no nose is that's why he had the skunks. Yeah, so um. The peeing off the roof, that made me laugh out loud um, with the guy, the payoff of the guy coming up and just being completely drenched. Um, and for four is during the opera scene when they're doing all the sabotage and they have the skunks running in and doing all these things. There's one guy in the audience that keeps looking at all these things and seeing the sabotage as art. Yes. Like, oh, the skunks are representing the squalor of the people and all this stuff. And he's just like so into it. I thought that was pretty funny. Yours? That was good. Okay. Uh, I loved the dialogue at the end with Chris Farley and the the Vietnamese prostitute. The, 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 the Saigon hooker. The Saigon hooker. The dialogue. Bit off his nose, yes. The, the dialogue was just, I mean, it was, again, typical Chris Farley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up and get in the car. Women, you can't, you know, you know, just, yeah. just be, it was classic. Anytime Norm face plants, 
<laughs> it just it cracks me up because it's it's a joke that you would expect to be in a movie like twice and then you'd get tired of it but after like the seventh time you're like it's still funny it's still <laughs> funny uh and my favorite my favorite part of this whole movie is the dialogue between Artie and uh chevy when he says you know what they take your toe you shouldn't know him the fifty thousand anymore but no <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just classic it was just classic chevy chase um one of my um <laughs> One of my runners-ups would be, we didn't talk about it, was right at the beginning when you find out that, um, oh, also, it was any time that uh, Jack Warden shows the locket, the picture uh, of the locket, uh, and you're like, yeah. oh! You know, it's, it's, so, so first of all, it's a locket that's as big as your thumb. How How could you tell? How, right? Right, number one. Like, that's mom. What are you doing to mom? Uh, but when he's telling him, you can't tell him, you can't tell him, and he goes, well, I'm going to have to tell him I have to, and he reaches out and he grabs his his junk and he's like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. and and it goes on for like 5 minutes <laughs> yeah that whole thing between you know you knew and you didn't tell me and stuff like that that was kind of like uh kind of stupid yeah it was kind of stupid um the other thing that was pretty funny is when um Chevy Chase is telling um Artie and Norm that he needs the money because of the gambling debt and he starts rattling off like all the things that he poorly bet on and then he said Mr. T and Norm's like you, Mr. T, like from Rocky Three, you you bet you, against Rocky. You bet on Mr. T to beat Rocky. <laughs> Look, let's not talk about the past. <laughs> there, the, you see what I'm saying? I feel like if this movie had not been fucked with by the studio, this could have been a super super funny movie. Um, yeah, the story is a little weak, mm-hmm. but you you would have had at that point you you'd have basically had free reign to do any dirty work and you could have literally gone dirty work. Mm-hmm. It could have been just as underhanded and ruthless and vile as you wanted. And it, it just, yeah, I would love to see a second one. I would love, to, I would love to see them put together a movie where they can do whatever the hell they want uh, because it would kill in today's, t- t- in today's um, world. But yeah, you know, whatever. So um, did you like it? Um, I wanted to like it because so no yeah I I I I mean there's there's parts I can appreciate it and then you know some parts that made me laugh out loud but is it a movie I'd put in you know my rotation and and pick it up and play it you know some night when I just want to have a night night at home mm, probably not probably not no that would probably be my crazy ex-girlfriend yeah. Uh, no, I mean that's just what I'm binge watching because I'm so bored. Um, I very much like the kind of stuff that Norm Macdonald does, like he's doing now with Norm Macdonald has a show. That I mean, we have watched that, and we have I literally had tears running down my face because it's just so funny and it's so suited for him because he can get as weird and. It is so off the be- beaten path as he wants to, and it's ju- it's it's so well suited for him. I don't think this is, even though he wrote it. Um, I watched I watched a clip. That's where I stand. I watched a clip on YouTube here uh, just before we recorded today because I wanted to know. I, I saw the blurb about um, uh, them not being able to advertise this on NBC, and I'm like, Jesus, what went down that they would turn down? advertising dollars right i mean that's how you, that's how you you run your your business uh and he was on letterman and it was about 16 minutes and you can google it and it's basically him talking about getting fired in and, and he was um very he's he's just funny 
He's just super funny in that in that especially when you've got him and David Letterman going back and forth. But at the time, at this time, Letterman was already with CBS. So Letterman was just absolutely railing on the guy that had fired Norm <laughs> Macdonald. He says, um, he, he, Letterman asks him, uh, did Lorne Michaels fire you? And he goes, nope. He said, no, uh, it wasn't Lorne. He goes, um, uh, well, who was it? And he goes, well, it was, uh, it was a guy that, you know, he says, he says something along the lines of, you know, that uh, there's a lot of people that are involved in TV shows that kind of stand out in the halls and you don't really know who they are. But it turns out they're, they're, they're called executives. That's what Norm <laughs> says. And uh, he says something, and, da- and Dave, Dave Lemon goes, yeah, he says, yeah, we have them here. We have them here, too. And he kind of looks at the camera and gives that whole, you know, like they're putzes, you know, insinuating. And he goes, yeah, I guess it was a guy named Dan Olmeyer or something like that. And David Letterman says, yeah, he says, yeah, I, I know him. Uh, and between you and me, he's a pinhead, <laughs> right? And, and Norm just rolled with it. I feel like he would be a perfect talk show host. Norm? I, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of what his uh, yeah. Norm McDonald has show notice, is. But notice that's not back. Yeah, I know. It's you know, so it's, good. It's, it was. It was great. It was so but good. But that's, Netflix, that's Netflix's thing, too. Yeah, I, you know they they like to take something that's really good. I mean, explain to me why Daredevil is no longer on Netflix, why they're not doing it anymore, or The Punisher. It, it, they they had hits. Well, some of it's Disney too, right? No, Disney was going to allow it to continue. Oh, was it? Yeah, Netflix just said no. But th- that's their mo. They take these shows, they put ten seasons, they put ten episodes for a season. They don't go more than three or four seasons, and then they're done. Mm-hmm. If it's a if it's good, keep keep it going. Maybe Norm Macdonald has a show wasn't as popular as we think it was. I, I don't know, yeah. but I feel like I feel like you're right. He's not. He's much. Be, he might have been better. Uh, like he is amazing in Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. What day is it? <laughs> October. You know th- that was. You're right. Maybe he's not suited to be a leading man, but he he was he was so good on this clip. Him and David Letterman going back and forth. Uh, it, it's 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 worth 60 minutes of your time to watch. It's disappointing that he hasn't done more, but um, I did watch his stand-up a couple years ago. It was something Hitler and Hitler's dog or something like that. Yeah, we watched that. It was yeah. very funny. Yeah, it was very funny. Very funny. I just don't think he's like meant for, you know... He's not mainstream. He's not leading man. No, like, he's he's very different. You're right. Like when they when they did a, a minute with Stan Hooper, the whole thing in the first um, season, I think that they were leading up to the fact because he he moves to this small town with his wife, and his plan was was like to lull people in with the sense of you know just a regular sitcom, and then he was going to get more and more and more subversive. Um, I guess they had planned like to kill off the wife character, like a drifter comes into town and kills the wife. I mean, just, I mean, Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Nice. Odd oddity of, of who he is and his, in his sense of humor. Um, but it just didn't, it didn't last. I mean, I remember, I remember seeing that show and watching maybe a couple of episodes and just watching it cause I enjoyed Norm Macdonald, but it's still, it, I mean, it wasn't that great. Gotcha. Fred Willard was in it though. So he, he was well, good too. Two studs um, right there. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's it. Well, you got anything else? I don't think so. I think you probably have a question for me. Yeah. What's for dinner? Well, you know what's for dinner. Oh. So what am I going to watch? Beef. What's 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 for dinner? What's my Easter present? What am I going to get to watch? I have a handful of things that I don't him and haw. Just tell me what piece of shit I got to watch. Well, I mean, there there were. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. You know, I'm kidding. All right. Um, I could have you pick a number one through five. Oh my, five. Yeah. So there's five movies in this trilogy. It's got to be Rocky. No. 
<laughs> Rambo. Rambo's got oh. five. And, and Cobra ends in an A. Rambo has five letters and Cobra ends in an A. Uh, okay. You want me to just pick a number? Sure. We'll pick five. Oh, okay. That was my baseball number. That's why I picked five. All right. So... Shit, am I gonna? Did I did I just shoot myself in the foot? No, I mean there was one on on here. I'll have to make sure it's on there because there's like, okay, here's the thing. Just pick the one you think I'm gonna like the best. All right, the fifth one is something that I have on DVD, and then the other four are things that are either on Amazon Prime, like included with Prime, or on Netflix. Okay. So, I, I'm sorry to do this to you, but maybe one through four. Sorry. Because I, I, this other one we could we could watch anytime. Okay, um, that's um, I, I, I pick the one you think I'm going to like the best. All right. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to go to new territory, and we're going to watch a documentary. Oh, and I me. think you're going to like this. Okay, it's called Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary from 2019. Okay. So it's on the anniversary of Galaxy Quest, and kind of talks about how this is kind of eking in nerd culture a little bit more. So we probably need to watch the movie and then watch the documentary so that we're up on the movie so that we remember it. Agreed? Okay. Yeah? All fair? Right. That's I fine. mean, it's like we got free time. <laughs> we don't We don't have to. I just haven't watched it in a while. I'd like to yeah. be fresh on it. Yeah. Okay. Some, of, some of the others that I just had on the list, just to let you know, was Annie Hall from 1977. Okay. Um, young Adult. That's on Netflix. That's the one with Patton Oswalt, right? Patton Oswalt and Charlie Theron. Theron. Yeah. Have you um, seen that? Yeah, I've seen it okay. several times. Um, along came Polly, which I've seen parts of that. Yeah, I've seen parts of it, and then North by Northwest. But I we own that, and we can yeah. probably yeah. watch that anytime. Okay. So you shouldn't have given those out because that have been surprises. But oh, uh, I'm sorry. Well, no, that's all right. It's, I'll, always, it's no big I'll, deal. I'll, I'll Annie, Annie Hall. I, everybody talks about how Annie Hall is this great movie. I fucking hate Woody Woody uh, Allen. I hate him. Mm-hmm. The only movie I've ever seen that and hit with him in it that I thought was a decent movie that I enjoyed was uh, Everything You've Always Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask, and that was just because I was 12. Yeah. And there was a giant boob that was squirting milk and <laughs> half and half. <laughs> so Burt Reynolds and yeah. Um, yeah, Annie Hall is one of the the AFI top 100s. So I know it's I got mean, Diane, Diane Keaton's Diane in it. Diane yeah. Keaton, and I, I get it. He's, yeah. So uh, I'm going to have to watch it at some point. But I do not. I do not like Woody Allen. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't know I, why I either. I don't I get, know why. I, I don't have it. a real reason. Yeah. So okay. Even ants. Did you ever see ants? I did. Ugh. Ugh. That's that's that has Sylvester Stallone in it too. I know it does, <laughs> but it's only four <laughs> letters, so it doesn't count. <laughs> When it's spelled with a Z. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, next week you're going to get to hear us talk about uh, n- never, never never surrender, surrender. a Galaxy Quest documentary. This is the first time we're doing a documentary, so this will be interesting. And I'll tell you what, um, I I love Galaxy Quest. I know you. It's do. one of my favorite movies. I know it's you do. Really, really, really good. So if this documentary talks one ounce of shit about Galaxy <laughs> Quest. We're turning it off and we're watching Annie Hall. <laughs> well, this wasn't. Sp- you know, this was a much bigger hit. Right, than they intended it to be, right? This is, they didn't... They intended it to be a big hit. Right. But it started off extremely slow at the box office, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about next week. It was, the first weekend was very weak, but word of mouth propelled it because mm-hmm. the critics were all over it. Of, of course they were. Why would they like a good movie? Just kidding. I'm kidding. That's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's just a fun shot. It, it, it was just not... It wasn't... I, 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 but I, but after, after time... It became critically acclaimed as well. It just had a very slow start, 
but it it deserved to make the money that it made because I I think the movie's fantastic. So, all right, a documentary. It's going to be hard to analyze a documentary. It might be, but we'll we'll uh, give it a shot. Right, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. All right. I'm G Bishop seven two on Twitter. I am T five FF underscore Angel on Twitter. I am Marketing underscore Angel on Instagram, and the show is on Twitter and on Instagram at Honey Watch This, and we also have a Facebook page. Um, we are available um, almost anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you listen to us on Apple or any other uh, podcast platform that allows you to rate and review, please do so. Um, and we are also on our Podbean page at honeyyoushouldwatchthis.podbean.com. Yeah, what she said. Yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Um, I'll talk to you next week. All righty. But not not before then. I'm not talking to you until next week. You're welcome. That might make this quarantine go. I don't know. Would it go faster? Would Probably. it go slower? Probably. I don't know. The walls are closing in. Oh God. Bye.